It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Dolphins fans have been asking for it, and therefore, we're giving it to you. Our 2023 Prospect Spotlight Series continues with the running back position and Alabama running back Jameer Gibbs, who he is, how he'd fit the Dolphins system, and where the Dolphins would need to draft him if they wanted to add him to the roster for 2023 and beyond. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right, Miami Dolphins fans. It is Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network, and today is Friday, April 7th, 2023. We have started our running back positional series, putting the running backs under the spotlight for what kind of fit they may or may not be for the Miami Dolphins in the 2023 NFL Draft, particularly on day two, where the Dolphins have two selections currently scheduled at 51 and 84, and how those players would fit as pieces of the puzzle within what the Dolphins are doing. If you're new to Locked On Dolphins, welcome to the show. I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, uh, decade-long draft Nick, uh, very much in the weeds with this draft class and, and exploring Miami with these two selections that we're expecting and hoping for day one contributors uh, for the Dolphins to be able to supplant other players on the roster and improve what they have as a finished product and contend for playoff wins and a deep playoff run in 2023. You can find us on YouTube or where you listen to your favorite podcast. Appreciate you guys making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. So we did tight ends, 11 of them. And we did tackles, 10 of them. Uh, not all those players are going to be in the strike zone for where the Dolphins are drafting at 51 with their first pick. Uh, and with that in mind, we've started the running backs. And I did the evaluation on B. John Robinson. And I'm not going to torture everybody with a draft profile on B. John Robinson and think about what could have been with the fact that if Miami had their first round pick as originally scheduled, B. John Robinson might have been a player that was in conversation for the Miami Dolphins. I don't want to do that to anybody, but especially myself, because B. John Robinson, uh, to me, might be the best pure player in the class at the running back position. Now, you acknowledge that that comes at a position that the Dolphins especially have not coveted in recent years. They have not coveted the running back position. They have not drafted this position early. They ran back the position room that they had last year, but that does not mean that there's not opportunities to add players. So let's start with Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, this is a popular prospect for Dolphins fans because he's been on the radar. Uh, This is a player who makes some sense in a number of different ways. We're going to talk about who he is, how he would fit the team, where he needs to be drafted in that order. And at the end of this, we're going to discuss how he graded out at the running back position through the lens specifically of trying to fit the Miami Dolphins offense. So here's what you need to know about Jameer Gibbs. Four-star recruit out of high school, originally from the Atlanta area. Uh, Played at Dalton High School. 
was ranked as a top 300 recruit by both 247 and ESPN, was a top 20 running back recruit in the class, uh, 10th ranked player at the state of Georgia as a prep player. Originally committed to Georgia Tech, played his first two years at Georgia Tech. Super productive player, averaged 5.2 yards per carry across 19 games at Georgia Tech. Uh, This is an all-purpose player. Handles kickoff returns. Catches the ball out of the backfield. Runs the ball with good vision. We're going to talk about how he fits in the second segment, but just know this player touches the ball in a number of different ways. This is a multifaceted weapon that you're potentially adding to an offense at the NFL level. Played his first two years at Georgia Tech, ultimately said, you know what? I think I might have a better opportunity for myself somewhere that's not the 13th best team in the ACC. Transfers to dot, 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 Alabama. And magically, the supporting cast is better. The spotlight is brighter. The opportunities are bigger. And Jameer Gibbs, simply put, had the best season he had in his three-year college career before declaring early for the NFL draft. Now, here's what you need to know about him from a stature perspective and an athletic profiles perspective. He came in at the NFL Combine as a below-average size athlete at the position, 5091, so five foot nine and one eighths of an inch, 199 pounds, which is higher than, than I think the the worst case scenario for him was going to be. I think at at over 195, you clear thresholds for just about all 32 teams to have a role. Uh, he alleviated the concern with his his density at 199. Ran a 4.36 in the 40 yard dash with a 1.52 10 yard split. That 4.36 is 97th percentile amongst all running backs to come through the NFL Combine since the year 2000. At 1.52 second 10 yard split is 85th percentile amongst all running backs to come through the NFL Combine since the year 2000. So, top level tester from a linear explosiveness and home run hitting perspective. Um, he, the only other test he participated in was a vertical jump, uh, 33 and a half inches is 41st percentile. You'd love to have a more dynamic number there, but in the grand scheme of things, I think when you watch Jameer Gibbs run the football, he's like a slasher forward in basketball. His running style is very much a slasher style. Um, so it's not a surprise that. His long speed is more um, explosive than the raw lower body power of some of these lower body jumps. Last year at Alabama, touched the ball 195 times for 1,370 yards and 10 touchdowns. Those are all career best marks. His final year at Georgia Tech in 2021, he touched the ball 178 times, so 17 times less. Not a math guy, but I can do that one on the fly. For 1,211 yards, so 159 less yards, and six touchdowns, and I can nail the math on that one, four less touchdowns than he had this year at Alabama. But impressively enough, across 486 career touches from scrimmage offensively, that doesn't include the special teams reps, he averaged 6.9 yards per touch across his entire career. 6.8 yards as a freshman, 6.8 yards as a second-year freshman because of the COVID eligibilities, and then 7.0 yards per touch as a sophomore, third-year sophomore at Alabama in 2022. Superbly productive player. Home run hitting ability. His receptions per season, 24, 35, 44. 
44 receptions this past year is one of the more notable figures you're going to find. And then, oh, by the way, he's returned 44 career kickoffs in his career as well, including one for a touchdown at Georgia Tech in 2021. So you think about several sore spots for the Dolphins. And before you even talk about a skill set, what becomes apparent, this guy's got some overlap with the skills that he has, the things that he can do, and the things that the Dolphins need. Do you want Raheem Mostert returning kicks? Do you want Raheem Mostert to be the primary back? Do you have a true insurance policy for Raheem Mostert? Is it Saman Ahmed? Is that an upgradable opportunity? Is this a chance to get a player for cheap on a four-year contract in-house when you've been signing a bunch of one-year deals to bring players back and, and get some long-term stability and get some youth amongst your top three ball carriers? These are all questions the Dolphins have to ask themselves. And they're also, fun fact, all questions that you have to ask yourself when you play the ultimate pro football GM game on your phone. We've talked and raved about this game on this show. I am seriously addicted to ultimate football GM. Uh, I love the fact that it puts you in the shoes of a general manager and forces you to make every decision possible for managing a team to try to create your own dynasty. You hire the right coaches and coordinators. You're responsible for the finances, negotiating player salaries and contracts, navigating through free agency, the draft, retirement, player personnel issues, and the ups and downs of a season, all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, which is my favorite thing. It's also playable offline, which is another one of my favorite things. So you can play on the go as you want to and when you want to, no matter what kind of cell service you get, doesn't matter if you're flying or you don't want to pay for the Wi-Fi. You can play it on the go, whenever. Locked On Dolphins listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store that is Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today to download the game. Visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So how does Jameer Gibbs fit what the Dolphins are trying to accomplish offensively? Well, I think the first thing to do here is to define the 10 traits that I identified and am grading the running back prospects on. Vision. Explosiveness. Ball security. These are top shelf traits that must be fulfilled. They're, non, they're the non-negotiables for me to play in this offense. And you have a passing game component. How impactful are you as a pass catcher and a route runner? Versatility. Mike McDaniel likes to move guys around, take motion, split guys out wide. How diverse are you in the ways that you can be implemented? Are you strictly a, I'm going to line you up in the backfield and you're going to carry the ball between the tackles? Elusiveness. This offense is all about explosive plays, creating explosive plays, having explosive plays, 
not needing 10 plus yard plays to methodically go down the field and score every time you touch the football. Contact balance. You run between the tackles. Can you run in short yardage situations? Do you earn hard yards? Footwork, pass protection, and durability. These are the 10 traits that I am grading these players on in descending order. The most important ones are the first ones. The more ancillary traits are the last ones. So I I score players on one of five categories in each of these five traits, or each of these 10 traits. You can be elite, great, good, sufficient, or fail. So I think the first thing to do is to acknowledge where Jameer Gibbs wins the most and where is he elite and where is he great. Traits that I gave Jameer Gibbs a great or elite evaluation at. Vision, great vision. Explosiveness, great explosiveness. Passing game skill set is elite. Versatility, great Elusiveness, great. Footwork, great. That's a very strong foundation to think you have one, two, three, four, five, six out of ten traits. You are either great or elite scores. Now, this is not an infallible player. He's never shouldered the ball more than 195 times in a regular season. There were some early career dings and, and bumps and bruises. From a pass protection standpoint, I think there's a lot of growth that is necessary. But again, that's more of an ancillary dynamic. And when you have the passing down skill set that he does on passing downs, you're probably going to use him to run routes and be out and be available for his quarterback. And the only other thing that I, I really had any level of qualms was I gave him a sufficient grading contact balance. Now, he runs hard, but he's 199 pounds. And he's not the most dense frame you're going to find. So you think about the Ricky Williamses of the world. You think about the Ronnie Browns of the world. You think about even the Jeff Wilsons of the world as a modern day example. Those guys are a lot more dense. They run more physical through bodies. Now, Gibbs will challenge you. But his ability to consistently churn through a tackle attempt and fall forward and put defenders flat on their back is only sufficient. So when I think about the Dolphins... Uh, let's talk about the explosiveness and the vision, which are two of the top three premier traits. The explosiveness and the vision that he offers as a player, I think these are both great qualities of his. Um, I mentioned he was like a slashing forward in basketball. A lot of the zone concepts that Alabama runs, you can really see him process really well and anticipate second-level flow or the linebackers over-pursuing to get out over top to protect the edge. And when he does that and he goes gap by gap down the line of scrimmage he will very quickly feel and identify opportunities to stick his foot in the ground and get north and explode into the secondary for big gains I was at Tuscaloosa for the Texas A&M game this year and watched that game from the stands and in that game in particular there were a number of backside cuts that he made after pressing to the front side of the play that created large explosive games because of how quickly he identified defensive structure and how quick the second-level pursuit was to get outside based on their keys of offensive linemen. And the backside cutoff is sufficient enough, and he gets up and out the shoot, and he's hitting home runs. Are there some times where 
Uh, I think there are hard yards for him to earn between the tackles, and he looks to bounce outside. Yes, I do. Uh, it's nitpicking, but that's what you do in player evaluation, right? You, you put him under the microscope, and you identify the places where he wins and the places where there's opportunities to continue to get better and grow and improve and evolve. And for Jameer Gibbs, I think that's an area where hard yards between the tackles is not probably going to be a strength of his immediately when he gets in the league. But the speed that he has at the edge at 4.36 and 200 pounds, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. And there were a number of home runs that, that he hit that he didn't go the distance on, but it was because of the angles of the defenders and not because of the speed. He, he had to try to break angles that were very routine angles and almost did on a number of occasions. You see him out of the backfield. Well, the, the, the passing game skill set that he has. He can line up in the slot. He can line up in the backfield and run choice routes, or run angle routes, or run Texas routes. I believe he beat Texas on one over the middle at one point, uh, ironically enough. And the way in which he gets on top of second-level defenders who are covering him in pass coverage, it's a lot of linebackers and safeties. And the way he doesn't lean into his breaks, the way he comes square, and he will step on your toes and really challenge you before having the kind of smooth footwork and explosiveness to get out of the top of the break and accelerate into space when Alabama is running a lot of vertical elements beyond 10 yards down the field. It creates this lift and this space and this void where he's catching the ball and it's turning into punt return situations. And I think about an area in which I'd love to see Tua Tungvalu and the Dolphins offense continue to evolve it is to have more of those kinds of concepts and available targets at Tua's disposal and for him to take them with consistency so he's not putting him in position where he's potentially in harm's way by prolonging holding the football, trying to make a play happen down the field. A player like this, and Raheem Mostert had the nice catch, touchdown catch against Pittsburgh. That was great. Right? Alec Ingold had the nice effort with the uh, the, against the Browns on the RPO leak in the flat and turn up the field. Um, Jeff Wilson against the Bears had a choice route to the field and kind of snuck inside the pile. Like there's these little examples and little litterings of the Dolphins getting the backs involved in the passing game, but it is largely not where the Dolphins make their hay. And I think having a player like this who can offer this to you and tempt you to kind of have these designs baked in more often, I think is a hard way to lose. Now, case in point, Raheem Mostert was the most targeted back in the in the passing game, and he was targeted 42 times on the season. Jeff Wilson, 24, and they acquired him at the midway point of the season. Backs in general, Edmonds got 17 targets, Gaskin got six, Mostert got 42, Wilson got 24, and Ingle got 23. Now, you don't want to take the ball out of the hands of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and I get it. But it's all about what do you want to take away, and then what do you have in the other places to challenge? And I think Gibbs adds a new layer to the passing game. If you want to be a passing-oriented team, and not necessarily a running-oriented team, the irony here is that you're drafting a running back to be more well-rounded and diverse from a passing perspective. Because this is a guy you can line up in the slot, and he will run routes from the slot. He's got really good hands. That A&M game was a great example. One of the early plays from the game, the backup quarterback, as Bryce Young didn't play, uh, Milrow rolls to his right and puts a ball slightly behind Gibbs as he is working back towards the middle of the field 
with the defender on his on his hip, and he still extends out away from his frame, reaches back across where his momentum is carrying him, and catches a contested catch uh, for a first down. This is a player who brings ample skills that Miami covets, that we've seen based off the other playmakers that they have pursued. And this is a player who has uh, youth, explosiveness, good vision on his side to be a player that Raheem Mostert was for this team as the player. Raheem Mostert touched the football more than any other offensive skill player last year. 212 times. Tyreek Hill touched it 126. Jeff Wilson touched it 96 times. Jalen Waddle 78. Chase Edmonds touched it 52. Those are your touch leaders for the year. Got two backs in the top three. Now, if those are the guys you want to go to war with, hey, okay. But I'm living in a world where if offensive linemen go hot and heavy early and you get the tight end run that starts in the 20s, there's a world where Jameer Gibbs is going to be the best player available. In which case, I'm not forcing drafting for need. I'm probably going to take the best player available. And that's what we're going to talk about next here as we bring this episode to a close. We're going to talk exactly about where he lands amongst Dolphins draft prospects, but not before we talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. NBA playoffs are almost here, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and everything in between, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel allows you to combine your chance for combine your bets for a chance of bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Also, uh, stay in the know with Locked On Dolphins. That would be my other challenge to you all. Join the subtext. Uh, We've got great participation through the first week. It's been exciting to see a lot of Dolphins fans sign up for the subtext community. What is subtext? It's a chance to text directly with me, talk about the Dolphins, talk about the show, talk about your questions, talk about the NFL landscape in general, and and all the things that are on your mind. You can text Dolphins to 305-419-3924 to sign up. You get your first two weeks free to find out if it's something that you feel like is a good fit for you. Try to correspond with everybody on there at least once a day, touch base, let you know what the show is uh, trending towards for our newest content, give you some behind-the-scenes looks. When you're signed up, you can text DRAFT, and it will auto-reply and give you the links to all of the draft grades and the big board that I'm building that we're going to go over at the very end of the rainbow here before the draft. 
you could text CAP and get the five-year salary cap table that I'm working with with our roster assessment of the Dolphins players currently under contract to see for yourself how this is all laying out for the Dolphins. We're working on some other resources as well. Uh, but again, give you guys a chance to have a voice on the show, uh, kind of give you some, some input as far as the creative direction that we're taking things. 305-419-3924, text Dolphins to sign up, get your first two weeks free, find out if subtexted texting with me is something that uh, wets your whistle here as we get closer to and closer to the 2023 NFL draft. Jameer Gibbs, um, I know it works for me. I'll say that. Uh, if you would have told me the Dolphins were considering drafting Jameer Gibbs in the first round, I'd have been highly resistant. Problem solved. Dolphins don't have a one. They have 51. And I could say with definitive confidence that this player uh, is very much a strong candidate for best player available at 51 if he's there. Of all the players that I have graded, regardless of whether or not they will predictively be here for the Dolphins at 51, done 11 tackles, or 10 tackles, 11 tight ends, and I've now done two running backs. So I'm at a total of 23 skill players. I can say with the utmost confidence that Jameer Gibbs is one of the five best players that I have graded through the lens of a Dolphins-specific scheme. And when you whittle down the field of players who will predictively or potentially be there, he's in the top three conversation. My top maybe available tackle is Matthew Bergeron. My top maybe available tight end, I'm going to say he's still Darnell Washington. I think there's a chance he's in that strike zone. Jameer Gibbs is the other guy right now. Now, I have a bunch of, uh, of running backs to do, and we may, in the same way we get through offensive tackles, and we did this on, on the show last night, we said, hey, looking at how the tackle board falls, there's probably one or two guys here, and if they don't get to you at a good value spot, it's investing in tackle in the draft is probably not going to be for me with the resources that offense have this year. I'm going to try to get through the draft by getting good players and then go to work to find other ways to add players to the roster at that position. So maybe we see a void or maybe we see a massive surplus here with running backs that we all feel like a really good scheme fits in which we say, yeah, Jameer Gibbs is here, but look at this plethora of players that is also going to be available, presumably at 84, I'd go in a different direction. So I can't sit here and say with a straight face definitively, yeah, Jameer Gibbs is like, I'm going to pound the table for Jameer Gibbs. I can tell you right now, if they draft Jameer Gibbs at 51, I'm going to be over the moon. I'm going to be pumped. There's an obvious correlation with what his skills are, his style of play, and what the Dolphins under Mike McDaniel aspired to be last year. And I think the fact that the Dolphins ran back the, the running back room in the degree in which they did actually helps one of the biggest weaknesses on Jameer Gibbs' resume, with that being he hasn't been a featured player in an offense yet. That's not a bad thing. Now, there is the law of diminishing returns of, okay, what, what else could you get at 51 if you draft this instead and he's your RB 1.5 or 2.5 at the beginning of the season? But again, it gets put in perspective when you look at touches. Raheem Mostert was the only player who touched the ball more than 200 times for the Dolphins' offense last year. Jeff Wilson was third on the team in touches, and he came halfway through the year. They do touch the ball. And Gibbs impacts the team in the passing game and the running game. 
And if you are able to put the fear of one-on-one matchups across the board and teams across the league, you're probably going to continue to facilitate more and more zone coverage, and you're probably going to facilitate teams playing more conservative and trying to limit explosive plays when they play you. As compared to if they don't respect what you have and they have to bracket two players, but they're going to say, nobody else is going to beat a one-on-one and we're going to send extra bodies and we're going to heat up the quarterback. If those guys can't win, that's the formula that works and that's largely the formula that the Chargers used to whoop your behind on Sunday Night Football last year. People ask, how do you have the counter punches? Well, you're getting better in protection where these guys can hold up longer or you have more guys who can win one-on-one matchups. Gibbs would be one. And because of that, he's a really strong fit for the Dolphins. Uh, Really strong fit uh, for your day is another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's coming up later today. So plan accordingly. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. You'll find us on YouTube or on any podcast platform where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. We'll be back to talk to you all again soon. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.